Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Bill George, welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, we're excited to have you. We're here talking about your latest book, True North Emerging Leader Edition. Why were you so energized to, to put pen to paper on this topic? We're going through a massive change in leadership now from the baby boomers who have been in charge the last 30 years to the emerging leaders, which I define as Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z. Uh, I think the time is right for the new leaders to take over. I think we need a new generation of leaders that knows how to lead through the intersecting crises we're facing today. Uh, the old baby boomer style of command and control is dead. No one's going to respond to it. I think we have to have authentic leaders who know how to lead with their hearts as well as their heads. And that's what I see in the emerging leaders who are coming up. As we do this recording in the summer, late summer of 2000. And uh, 22, there's a lot of discussion still about the great resignation. We're hearing things about quiet quitting. It seems like the the individual contributor um, has a lot of power right now in the workforce. And and I, I feel like reading your book that that you're you're basically asking a lot of those individual contributors to step up to become leaders. Why why do you feel like it's important for this new generation to take over? By the way, you don't have to have a title to lead. You can lead in place right where you are. Employees today have found their voice. They have agency. We're in the midst of employee revolution. Look at Starbucks. The epitome of employee-oriented company had 160 union uh, movements in different stores. So I think uh, employees have found their voice, and leadership needs to be really sensitive to their employees, to their needs. So first of all, they need to create inclusive environments where everyone feels a sense of belonging, not just having a diverse workforce. They already have that. They need to create that inclusive environment, which they have, haven't had. So I think it's time for uh, leaders to, in, to understand the millennial generation to, uh, to, to be the ones to step up and take charge. And I encourage employees to, to do that, to step up from where they are and leaders at all levels. Now, you mentioned... <laughs> Quiet quitting. I think that's one of the worst ideas I've ever heard, along with uh, fake it till you make it and don't ask, don't tell. Uh, why do I say that? It's a lose-lose proposition. You're going to lose an employee and you're going and the company's going to lose as well. If you don't have the passion for the business, this is why people are changing jobs. COVID caused a lot of people to rethink their lives and careers for the two years, many of them are out, uh, to say, is this what I want to do with my life? And I think a lot of leaders don't understand that, that we have to create an organization which has a clear sense of purpose, 
and mission and a clear set of values we, we lead by and find a congruence between our employees' uh, purpose and values and our own companies. That's the leader's job today. That's job number one. So I think one of the reasons that we've had this resignation is people are not finding that. So they're saying, look, I don't want to work here for the next 20 years because I don't feel that. So I'm going to go someplace where I will. I think they'll all be back and I think they'll do well, but they can find themselves a place that where they can lead with their hearts as well as their heads. So the old baby boomer style of being the smartest guy in the room is dead. That's not going to work. You really today have to lead with your heart. And by the heart, I mean, you have to lead with a clear sense of purpose. You have to have uh, compassion for your uh, for your customers. You have to have empathy for your employees who are going through difficult times. And most of all, you have to have courage. And if you think about these qualities, qualities, passion for your purpose, compassion, empathy, and courage, these are all qualities of the heart. They're not things you're born with, like IQ. And they're all part of emotional intelligence. You have to learn these things to become a good leader. And you learn it by doing by working closely with people and learning how to become a good leader. What are some steps for our listeners who are maybe in that stage of their life where they want something more? And you, you mentioned before, uh, leadership doesn't have to have a title. Everybody can lead in every role. But if somebody wants to step up and be that emerging leader, what are some ways for them to really discover inside themselves um, that, that they have a lot of the qualities and the makeup to, to bring that to the table? Oh, you said it well, discover inside themselves. I start out my book, the first uh, part of the book deals with uh, knowing who you are, your life story, being proud of it, in spite of the difficulties you may have overcome, the crucibles you faced, how you dealt with those, gaining self-awareness. And I think that sense of knowing who you are, your, which I define, that's your true north. I define that as your uh, your deepest beliefs, uh, your values and the principles you lead by. And then where are you going to find that source of satisfaction in your life? Are you finding that fulfillment on the job? Don't spend your whole life working in a job where you don't feel that. And when you know that who you are, then you need to develop yourself uh, by enhancing your self-awareness, by solidifying your values, by finding a role that plays your greatest strengths and your greatest motivation, what we call your sweet spot. And at the same time, today's leader, particularly younger leaders, want to lead an integrated life. It's not the company or my family. It's got to be both. And you have to have an integrated life. You've got to be the same person and allowed to be the same person uh, in every environment. I've heard people say in the past, I could never be who I was at work. Well, really, then you're in the wrong workplace. So I think if we can help people get started that way, then they're positioned to be great leaders. If, like Mark Zuckerberg, they go off and try to lead without knowing who they are, they're going to be swimming in chaos as Facebook is now. Let's talk a little bit about that idea of, and you brought up Mark Zuckerberg, which is one of the great stories that you share in your book, but that, that idea of having a true North, you know, we, we jumped ahead a little bit. A lot of people are familiar with that terminology. How do you define true North, Bill? Well, I define it as your, your, your beliefs, your values, the principles you lead by, and the source of fulfillment and satisfaction in your life. And when you know that, then you can find your purpose, which we call the North Star. But I think you have to know that first. And leaders that try to lead without knowing their true North uh, often wind up in difficult places. And so what happens, let's go a little bit deeper into that. So when you, when you 
lead without having that kind of framework, without having that compass inside, uh, 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 beside you and, and, and guiding you. What, what, what are some of the things that go wrong? You mentioned a little bit about Mark Zuckerberg, but there's, there's stories all through industry of people that are, that are leading without really knowing who they are. Exactly. I mean, poor Elizabeth Holmes now going to jail that created Theranos. The whole company was fraudulent. Or Adam Newman, who was at WeWork, and that was a fraudulent idea. Or you have somebody like Travis Kalanick, who had a brilliant app at Uber. I use it all the time. But he didn't really know who he was, and he could never become a good leader of people. And I think to be a good leader, you've got to seek wise counsel from people around you, uh, more senior people, have mentors, have people close to you that you listen to. You can't be a good leader without listening to other people. And it's sad to me to see people going off. One of my closest colleagues uh, was, you know, 60 years old, Rajat Gupta at Goldman Sachs. And he wound up in jail for two years because he got caught up with external adulation of trying to become a billionaire how much money he had, what his title was. And uh, that's not going to get you there. And I think that's the trap that people fall into if they look to those external markers, money, fame, power. uh, And those are very fleeting. They can go away. But when you know who you are, that's not going away. What are some ways that an emerging leader can better develop themselves? What are some areas they can focus on personally to become a more to get closer to where they want to be, because as we know, leadership and being a leader is a is a lifelong process. Number one is uh, is gaining more self awareness. How do you do that? I think every leader today uh, can't just work twenty four seven and work off a task list that seems endless. You have to uh, have an introspective practice. Take twenty minutes. Put away all the electronics. And, and, and I happen to be a meditator, so I meditate. Maybe you have a mindful practice. Maybe you like to go for a long walk and just think and reflect. How did I show up today? Was I the leader I wanted to be? Was I helpful to other people? Did I stay true to my values? Did I feel it was fulfilling a good day? And do that every day and you'll find you'll be a much better leader and you won't, you'll be able to separate the importance from the trivial and focus on the important rather than the immediate. The second thing you need to do is surround yourself with a group of truth tellers on the job, truth tellers in your personal life, have a spouse, I got my wife, Penny, who will always tell me the truth. I have a men's support group that does the same. I think you need to get honest feedback. In fact, one of the best techniques for getting it on the workplace is running a 360 feedback from your peers and subordinates and seeing where you stand and getting their feedback. I never teach a class at Harvard where I don't get feedback. That's where I learn. You don't necessarily learn from your boss. You learn from all the people you work with every day that get to see who you really are. Bill, let's talk about the importance of, of values. Uh, I think that's that's been something that is just that, that that comes up in almost every single one of the conversations I have on this podcast. And um, and every time we have conversations, it's so important that people really understand their own personal values. Not everybody um, really becomes a leader until they really define what they are. How do you guide people to, you know, to really shape and share um, what is the most important things to them when their values? You know, a lot of people do values clarification exercises, which is helpful, but only to a point. I think you want to put yourself on a firing line to test your values and see, will I stay true to those? I have my uh, executives that come to my courses 
Say, when's the time when you violated your values? What did you learn about yourself? What pulled you off course? What was the trap you fell into that caused you to do that? No one intentionally violates their values. Or what do you do when you find yourself with a corporation is expecting one thing and it violates your values? How are you going to handle that? Are you willing to put it all on the line? Are you willing to take the risk? I remember when Ken Frazier walked out of Charlottesville, he put everything at Merck on the line because he felt like values of his that were deeply held as a grandson of a slave were being violated, and he had to leave President Trump's council. So that's just one example. Another example is Ed Bastian at Delta. Ed uh, took a position on uh, gun issues, gun safety, and he got uh, Georgia legislator punished him, took $41 million uh, fuel tax credit away from him. And uh, he said very publicly, Delta's values are not for sale. And every Delta employee resonated when he said that. Delta's values are not for sale. Then the legislature later rescinded that and uh, restored the, uh, the fuel tax uh, credit. But, you know, it's interesting. That's the test of a leader. Now, these are people that are CEOs. you got to go back and do this earlier in your career. You know, you're running the Indian subsidiary for your company. Are you willing to pay bribes to get business? You know, how are you going to deal with the tricky issues in, say, Russia? And uh, so I think people need to get out there and put themselves in the real world of the marketplace and let their values be tested. And that's where they're going to learn. When you think about making that transition, and you, you talk about it in, in one of your chapters, that, that, that moment from I to we, that's where a lot of times um, I feel that, 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 that leaders either, either make it or struggle because they, they aren't able to get out of the way of themselves. Um, how, how do you feel or how, how, how do you advise people to, um, to help make that transition more seamless to where you're, you're thinking more selflessly uh, versus yourself when you're, you're tasked to, to, to be in front of others and, and help guide them? This is a very essential question you just raised. It's somewhat profound because we all start out as I leaders. I mean, you know, we, it's our grades that get us into college and we try to do well there in our workplace. Uh, most of our jobs start out as individual contributors. When do you make that transition to realize it's not all about you? You're not there and people who work for you are not there to serve you. You're there to serve them. You got to flip the script and look at it differently and become a servant leader. That's what's critical. And that's the I to we transition. And to realize if you can help people who work for you reach their full potential and they know you care about them, then you can become a great leader. But until they know that, you're never going to, they're not going to lead with their hearts. You're not going to really give you everything they've got. So I think that's so critical that you become that we leader. And some of you use we language to really represent I, but I mean, a really a person is really committed to see a stronger team is essential to the success of our organization. It's not about one leader on top. Let's talk a little bit more about your North Star. What are some great ways for people if they wanted to kind of mechanize some of your ideas? How would they go about to really, really hone in on what their own North Star is? Well, I, as I said, your, your true North, uh, which is who you are, it points to your North Star, which is the purpose of your leadership. And think of it like the North Star. It's a constant point in the sky. For me, it's been helping mentor and groom people to reach their full potential. And, uh, and I think that is key. So your North Star helps you know your purpose. But then the hard thing is finding an organization where there's an alignment between 
your North Star and the company's purpose. There's a line between your values and the company's values. And it took me a couple of strikes at it. You know, I was uh, with Linden Industry for 10 years, Honeywell for 10 years. I finally found that alignment with Medtronic, where the purpose was restoring people to full life and health. And I found an organization, we didn't just have good values, we talked about them all the time and they became into all of our decision-making. So then I found my place, self in the place I should be. And it may take, my only reason going through myself is that it may take a while to find that place for you. There's so many things being thrown at the worker, at the leader in the workplace. I mean, I, I guess, you know, it, because we're in it right now, it feels like this is one of the most dramatic times in the workplace with all of the changes and all of the issues surrounded by whether it's the economy or the pandemic. But how how do leaders equip themselves to be prepared for whatever life throws at them? Because I, I'm going to imagine here, um, especially for this new generation that's coming up who has a couple decades left in the workforce. Um, I'm going to imagine there's going to be some other trials and tribulations coming coming up as well. So how do you get yourself ready for what's next? The only way you can lead through all these challenges, and I can tell you it's much more challenging today to be a leader than it was back in the 90s because of all these crises and because of the, uh, the multiple stakeholder model, which I'm a strong believer in, uh, really says you got to serve the needs of many different constituents. You got to know which to listen to, which to not listen to. So you have to ground yourself in your mission and values. So when you're asked to speak out uh, in, say, on behalf of your LGBT community or your black community, you better have a plan to do that. And you better know, is that consistent with my values of how it could be concerned about people? People want to know you care about them. And until you do, they're not going to follow you. So that I think that grounding in your mission and values and an alliance with what your company stands for, you can stand behind that. And even you're going to get criticized. It's okay. You have to accept that if you know this is what I really believe and people respect you for that. It is so important and it's been so important, but it's really at the forefront in the last few years about inclusivity. And just making sure that everyone has an opportunity, a seat at the table. What can the emerging leader do to really focus and and ensure that, you know, as as we've learned, you know, our our worldview is what our worldview is, and so therefore we may not always think about what's missing at the table. So how how can uh, a, an emerging leader be better when it comes to inclusivity? I'm glad you said inclusivity, because so many organizations now are first focusing on diversity. And th that's not that's a necessary condition, but not a sufficient one. And most organizations are diverse. The reason that people are leaving organizations, they don't feel fully included. And as a leader, you need to feel include people for who they are, not for their gender, their race. The idea that I'd be the only person of this type is uh, is kind of really demeaning to people. So I think you want to include people for who they are and respect them for that, not for the, their sexual identity, the color of their skin, accept them for who they are. But then I think go one step further and create a sense of belonging that I really feel like I belong in this organization. This is where I should be. That's the way I felt at Medtronic uh, before I was CEO. I feel like I really belong here and that's what everyone wants to feel. So if you do that, people are gonna give you everything they've got. They'll feel like, yes, I'm in sync with the company's purpose and mission. It resonates with mine. 
And yeah, I feel fully included. And I feel listened to in meetings and ask everyone their opinion in meetings. Don't just let the more chatty or talkative ones dominate the meeting. Ask everyone for their opinion so they feel fully included. So Bill, we have we have time for just a couple more questions. And you know, we've had we've had an opportunity to cover a lot of different topics. Um, but when you think through the, to all of the research that you've put into this book and all the time and effort that you've you've shared, what's the one thing that you want our listeners to take away from our conversation today? That they feel the passion to step up and lead now. If they're in the, as I say, the emerging leader generations, they need to feel I can lead differently and I'm going to be who I am and uh, I'm going to lead with my heart as well as my head toward a sense of purpose. And I'm going to rally people around that. I'm going to help other people reach their full potential. Bill, if people wanted to learn a little bit more about you, learn a little bit more about this book, your research, where would you send it? Well, I've got a website, billgeorge.org, and this podcast will be up there, so you can listen to it there after it's posted, and uh, and a lot of other interesting information. If you want to buy the book, which I hope you will, because it, it's worth going through and keeping and continuing to go back to it, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble stores, or Porchlight Books uh, are the best places to do that. And uh, you can, you know, you can listen to it on Kindle as well, if you'd prefer. But I think the important thing is that people have a chance to reflect. In every chapter, we've talked about questions for reflection, for you to think about who you are. So this is hard work, becoming an authentic leader who follows his or her true north. It takes a lot of time and energy, but I can tell you it's the most fulfilling thing you'll ever do in your life. Bill George, co-author with Zach Clayton of True North Emerging Leader Edition, Leading Authentically in Today's Workplace. Bill, thank you so much for your time and your expertise on this edition of the Blanchard's Leader Chat Podcast. Well, I'm honored to be here. I have great admiration for Ken Blanchard, and it's just a privilege to be on with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Bill. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Chad, thanks so much for interviewing Bill George about his book, uh, True North, Leading Authentically in Today's Workplace. You know, and it's kind of his emerging leader's version and I'm a big fan of uh, Bill George. And what he's really saying here is if you want to really be an effective leader, you first have to know who you are. Be authentic. Uh, and uh, Because leadership is about we, not me. And a lot of people think that when leaders really participate and let other people get involved, that's a weakness. No way. That's a strength because they feel comfortable enough with who they are that they can involve people and that they realize that one plus is one is greater than two. 
And I tell you, I would recommend everybody to read uh, Bill George's book, share it with your people, and see how you can really be an authentic leader that really brings out the best in everybody around you. So thanks, Bill. Thanks, Chad. You guys are the best. <laughs>